This is a Federal News Network podcast. Federal employees have reason to pay attention to budget reconciliation again. House Democrats are drafting up reconciliation proposals right now that would advance President Biden's COVID-19 relief plan. Budget reconciliation has not always been good to federal employees, but one new proposal could help them in a big way. Federal News Network's J- said Jason Miller. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now with that story. And Nicole, let's just begin with a quick civics lesson on budget reconciliation, which can be an arcane-sounding thing. And I've read about it ten times. I still have to reread it every time. Yeah, it's confusing, and this explanation might not be so quick. But I myself had to, you know, remind myself, reread a couple of things we'd written in the past on budget reconciliation and how it worked, but. Federal employees probably remember the term from a couple of years ago or so, 2018, 2017. And this was when I believe it was Senate Republicans had been targeting federal retirement and they wanted to use the budget resolution and then reconciliation process to ultimately cut federal retirement, basically have feds contribute more to it over a period of time. And that didn't go anywhere, but it hasn't always been the case, especially in the kind of middle Obama years, the 2013, 2014 range. I mean, this has definitely been used mostly for the purposes of cutting spending or trying to find savings. But here, the Democrats want to use it to advance the president's COVID-19 relief package And in fact, add a a whole bunch more spending on top of, um, you know, the budget that they've already passed, essentially. So the process starts with a budget resolution, and the House and Senate have already passed that uh, last week or so. And a resolution is basically a list of instructions to the congressional committees saying, look, you know, we want you to increase spending by X number of dollars by you know, doing X, Y, or Z. And sometimes they don't even get that specific about what specifically they want the committees to do. But it's usually a broad blueprint or so of, you know, what those in charge want to get done here. So the resolution passed. Now we're at the phase where House committees are marking up and debating specific reconciliation proposals, which once they get through committee, they could ultimately combine into a reconciliation bill. Now, we're not even sure they will go through with this reconciliation bill because we keep hearing from the Biden administration a desire to make this process bipartisan. Of course, the whole reason of using budget reconciliation is that it's not bipartisan at all. All you need is a simple majority in the Senate that would just require Vice President Kamala Harris essentially to give her vote in the Senate and vote a budget reconciliation package into law. Plus, it also precludes the use of the filibuster in the Senate. Yes, So that means the simple majority can get those things done. All right. So if that's brewing, what proposal is in there now that could affect federal employees? So the House Oversight and Reform Committee just a couple of days ago released their reconciliation proposals that they want to consider. And in it was a $570 million fund called the Emergency Federal Employee Leave Fund. And this is a brand new bucket of paid time off, essentially. And In describing it, the proposal says that federal employees could use up to 600 hours, that's 15 weeks, of paid leave to quarantine, care for a sick family member, care for children who are maybe still learning virtually from home. We've heard a lot about that over the past year or so. 
And so that's what feds could use the leave for. Now they would have to exhaust their paid sick leave first before tapping into this new leave, but it appears that it's on the table. Yeah, so that means that federal employees could have a quarter of the year off for whatever purposes intended under this budget bank. I guess, yes, I guess you could look at it that way. Now, you know, I think if you think about some of the, the reasons, and they're all pandemic related, that you could use this new leave, you know, quarantining, hopefully that wouldn't take, you know, 15 weeks. Um, you You know, the recovery process obviously might vary depending on your situation, you know, your family situation as well, but it certainly gives you leeway there. And I should note, Tom, that this applies, it appears, to all federal employees. It doesn't mention many exceptions. It says that, you know, all federal workers, including postal service workers and healthcare professionals in the Veterans Health Administration, with maybe a few exceptions there, could take advantage of this. Yeah, because the mail delivery is already going so great. <laughs> We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And who is behind this? Is it mainly the Del Marva area members of Congress that have concentrations of federal employees? Well, Carolyn Maloney of New York leads the House Oversight and Reform Committee, and she's in charge and she's been you know, leading this. However, there are many D.C., Maryland, Virginia members on that committee who are Democrats and who will be behind this. All right. And so this looks like they're going to go forward with this because the White House wants the $1.9 trillion proposal in all of its manifestations. So anything else in there that we should be watching, assuming this is going to become law? Yeah. And, and that is the tricky part, because while we believe that this, you know, just take the federal employee leave proposal, for example, it seems as if that has a pretty easy shot of getting through, you know, first the House committee and then perhaps the House at large, depending on what other proposals it's coupled with, of course. The Senate, though, is a different story, just given that 50-50 split that we currently have now. So there's certainly plenty of questions about this. But there are some other proposals that I'd say are worth watching, especially at the Department of Veterans Affairs. VA has already received about $19 billion through the CARES Act to address various pandemic needs, mostly health care. And under this, they could get nearly $17 billion more. And of that, they would use, you know, the bulk of it for healthcare. In a summary describing this proposal, they say that healthcare has gotten more expensive in part because some veterans, I guess, delayed care. And so now they have to go back and that's become more expensive. They would get, VA would get $100 million for supply chain modernization initiatives. They don't go into a ton of detail there. And then they also describe, you know, extra money to go to overtime and staffing and resolving the appeals and disability claims backlog, which has grown because of the pandemic as well. Interesting. Well, right after this segment, we'll be joined by Senator John Tester, who is the chairman of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, and he's going to be talking about their oversight responsibilities and oversight priorities for the coming couple of years. So we'll hear more about that. And I wanted to ask you just one other thing you've reported on earlier this week, and that is the appointment of Pam Coleman as the OMB Associate Director for Performance. That is to say, she'll have the personnel piece in OMB. What do we know about her? Well, she certainly has personnel experience at the state level, at least. She was the personnel director for the state of New Mexico. That's where, you know, she's coming directly from that job into this job in the Biden administration. 
She's also worked for the Obama administration in the White House in the Presidential Personnel Office. She's been on the Homeland Security Agency review team for the current administration. And she's also been a White House liaison in the Obama administration. So she has experience, and this is the job that focuses on, you know, federal employee benefits, pay, workforce proposals, that kind of thing. Of course, this person usually, hopefully, has to work with the Office of Personnel Management to get this work done. And President Biden has not yet named a OPM director yet. So we'll see where that goes. And we don't know whether Ms. Coleman hails from the town of Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, though, do we? I don't think so. All right. Well, let's hope she follows what they say there. Anyhow, Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.